Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Johnny King Show, and I'm here hanging out in snowy Denver, Colorado with my man, Sanika, the Firestarter Street. Hey, brother, thank you for being here. What is up, man? You need me there in the snow. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and you're, you're over on the, where are you again? I forget. You're on the LA. Pacific Coast. Yeah, LA, I right? I was like, true. San Diego, LA, San Francisco. Yeah, LA. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit warmer than, than here, but I appreciate you being on, man. And we, we connected through a mutual buddy. And uh, when they say that Sanika, the, the fire starter, is a powerhouse, it's absolutely true. Just in our conversations and what I've seen on the social media, man, you're, you're killing it. Just ex- excited to connect it. And it's always fun to connect with someone who has just incredible energy. Um, mm. But from what I what I've read and what I've researched, it seems like it wasn't always the case, correct? For sure. <laughs> tell, tell, tell the listeners and the viewers a little bit more about uh, where you weren't always in our house that you are today. Maybe you had to deep down inside, but you weren't tapping into it. And how did you get from rock bottom to where you are now? If you could tell a little bit more about your story and your, your background. Absolutely. I will, I will definitely share the background. <laughs> Can I, can I acknowledge you first? Please. Um, you know, in our initial conversation in terms of just you reaching out and us connecting, they're, 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 you feel as a very, like a very inviting guy, you know, mm. um, very like up to big things and accessible. So both of those things like operating in the same space. Cool. And, um, and just a really intentional person. Mm. And, and I'm all about intentionality. And so um, I wasn't always about intentionality. So I appreciate people who are very intentional. So I appreciate you reaching out. I appreciate you connecting. And I'm really excited to just be present for the audience and for the people that are listening at the same okay. rate. Well, yeah. thank you. And it goes both ways. And I think that's why I've just, you get a good good vibe on, a good read on someone when there's sometimes that match. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it. And I'm I'm inspired by what you're doing. So I'm following your, following your lead. So. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, man. And I, I want to yeah. go back to the original question yeah. um, because, you know, you, you asked like, you know, um, you know, not always being the, the, not always being the person that I am and, uh, and who, who am I being in this moment is always a question that I ask myself. Right. Um, and who am I being? And, and also, who do I want to become? You know, um, so, you know, I'm originally from Washington, D.C. I uh, grew up in D.C., mm-hmm. moved to L.A. almost 16 years ago, mm-hmm. 15 years ago. And, you know, was uh, was acting, um, you know, came, did a TV show when I was in D.C., came to L.A. to do more TV, did a bunch of national commercials and TV shows, um, did a couple movies. And then uh, acting slowed down. I took it for granted. And then I went to, um, then I got into what I really like to do, which is writing. And, um, you know, I tell people I'm a writer, 
just a writer trapped in the body of an NFL lineman. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm 6'8", I weigh 270 pounds, but at at the core, you know, for me, you know, as a speaker and a a coach and, you know, everything is, you know, writing is where I birth a lot of things. And we'll talk about writing as well because, um, but, you know, the, so I got into writing. So then I got um, signed to a label on Universal Music Group as a songwriter. So then I started writing for artists and then I was writing for artists like Too Short and Nick Lachey and 98 Degrees. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then the thing is, is that when you're writing, then that's when you get into, I started to realize that to be a good writer, you had to have like these, these human qualities, like being transparent and being vulnerable and being, knowing how to collaborate. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that those were skills. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that those were things that you acquire I just took them as things that, that people either had or they didn't, mm-hmm. which can be true. But the reality is that you pick up those, you can learn those things. So as a result of not having those skills, um, I just went, I went, I flatlined, man. I was financially, I went to the depression, it's financially broke, emotionally broken, girlfriend paying the bills, two DUIs, 40 mm-hmm. pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, just like the list goes on, I call it a rock bottom sandwich. <laughs> I was like, I was on rock bottom yeah. and then rock bottom smashed on top of me while I was at rock bottom (laughs) and I'm in the middle. It's like an Oreo cookie. I'm the middle. And, and I was working at this really crappy job with a, um, a prop house doing props for commercials and stuff. And then hiding. So I was really doing hot and making 11 bucks an hour part-time on a job that had commission. That was no commission. Mm. Pretending, pretending to be, you know, just pretending. And, uh, and two things happened in that job. Uh, there was a, there was a, you know, a big, a, a big um, black character actor, this guy named Baba Obatunde. He walked in one day after I'd been working there for maybe like a year and a half or two years. <clears throat> he walked in there one day because we were selling, uh, prop, we sound props and we were selling uh, re- um, step and repeats printing. Mm-hmm. And he came in there to pick up a step and repeat, which is the back wall for a red carpet event for a premiere of a movie that he had made. So he came in there and he's an actor, you know, so actors, you know, he's a trained actor, skilled actor. And, you know, and so when he came in there, I was at the front desk at the time and he looked at me and he said, um, he came in there to pick up his red, red carpet he, and he just kept staring at me. And he was like, huh. He's like, I know that this isn't the only thing that you're doing. He's like, what, are, what else are you up to? And I was like, well, what do you mean? What, what, else, what else am I up to, you know? And he was just looking at me and, and he just, he just, in that moment, he, he snapped something in my head that said, this is not my final destination. Mm, you know, right. just by literally that interaction, he said, I know you're up to something bigger than just this. And he didn't, I didn't feel judged. I didn't feel critiqued. I just felt like he just saw something in me. And then I, he gave me his phone number and I reached out to him and he, he, we never talked after that. But that thing just planted this seed in me that, am, am I hiding? You know, in this moment, am I hiding? Second thing that happened at that job was the owner of the company came up to me one day. This is after, you know, working there for a couple of years. And he said, um, he said, Sanyika, um, I want you to stop using your first name because it confuses clients. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Exactly. What? Yeah. what? <laughs> so I was livid, right? I was livid. For sure. And and so we were arguing that day, but that night, dude, I was in tears. 
Like, I couldn't believe that at the lowest point of my life, <clears throat> when I'd lost literally everything, my car got repoed too, mm. and lost everything. And the only thing I had in that moment, which was my identity, I had put myself in a situation where I made it subject to be taken away from me. So that was my breaking point. Mm. Subsequently left that job and then transitioned. And my life opened up when I joined a community of entrepreneurs that were up to big things in the world. It's a community called Metal, um, of which I am now a, a, an executive team member of the community. But you know, when I first joined, I was just a member <clears throat> six years ago. And when I walked into that room, I, I'd never been in a room of just only men. And I'd never been in a room of guys who were up to big things. And when I say up to big things, I'm not just talking about professional. I mean, up to living an intentional life, mm -hmm. up to either per personal growth or professional growth exploration. And so it's a, and, and the thing is that it was cultivated, it's built around business. <laughs> and I was like, and I walked in there, dude, I was like, what is business? What is that? <laughs> in my, my mid thirties, I didn't know what was going on. And so, you know, so it's just this new environment and I could barely afford the monthly membership fee at the time. But Les Brown has this quote. He says, sometimes you need to believe in somebody else's belief in you until your belief is strong enough to kick in. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. And that, that community of men who looked at me really, but they, they believed in me in a moment in time when I did not believe in myself. And that, was the catalyst or the environment that allowed me to step into the tunnel to become the person that I am today. Mm. Why do you refer to it as a tunnel? The reason I refer to it as a tunnel is because I feel like <clears throat> uh, when you are navigating through whoever you have been, right? Being the person that, you, that you've been. And that person has not allowed you to step into your greatness. Mm -hmm. You need to move through a tunnel. Some people would call it a rite of passage. Some people would call it, um, you know, an, an environment or a constraint. Um, mm -hmm. But you need to move through an intentional process to see what you are made of. And so the reason that I call it a tunnel is because when you are standing outside of the tunnel behind you is who you have been, mm -hmm. right? Everything that you've done and haven't done, everything that you, you know, that, that, that you were, that the person that you, that you were and that you were not. And, and you get to, to look behind you and see that possibility. And the light at the end of the tunnel is the, is the person that you want to become. Mm -hmm. So it is, so it's so as I stand at the precipice of the tunnel, I look at the tunnel, I see the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm like this is the person that I get to be, right? And so moving through the tunnel is confronting my fears. It is confronting the perception of fear that exists within the tunnel. And so that's why I call it the all-in method because to go and to become the person that you want to become, you have to go all in. You have to move into the tunnel. Mm -hmm. You have to confront the demons, the traumas, all of those different things. And that's the thing that I did not understand. Mm -hmm. I thought I could intellectualize my existence at the entrance of the tunnel. Cause that's what a lot of guys do. They use logic, logic and ration and all that other bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. All that other fucking crap that don't mean nothing, mm -hmm. right? So the idea is that you got to step in. And so what does stepping in mean? 
right? So then I go from I go from thinking I know what the world is to stepping into the tunnel. And as soon as I step into the tunnel, lo and behold, there is a rope on the floor. What is this rope for, Johnny, you ask? I will answer, <laughs> right? So I pick up that rope. That rope is attached to the motherfucker at the end of the tunnel. It is a lifeline to the person that I want to become. And so what happens as soon as you pick up the rope intentionally, pick up the rope and say, this is the man I want to become. You do not become the man at the end of the tunnel. When you reach the end of the tunnel, you become the man at the end of the tunnel. When you pick up the rope, Mm -hmm. when you pick up the rope, you become him Mm -hmm. incremental progress towards the future outcome. Mm -hmm. Questioning who I've been in my money, why I haven't reached my best physical shape, what's happening in the context of my intimate relationship, where I'm at with my kids. In the, like, this is what we're doing. We're moving incrementally towards a desired outcome and we're moving towards that and we're hitting and we're running up against the wall. And so what happens when you run up against the wall, the ego uses logic and ration to make sense of a world where if you are pursuing something great, it does not make sense to other people. Mm-hmm. It will not make sense. I tell somebody I'm, 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 that my 10 year goal is to exit my company for $250 million and create 250 first time millionaires in the process. And that doesn't make sense to people. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck cares? I don't give a shit. This is, about, this is about stepping into your greatness. Can you stand in it? And then who do you have standing in your greatness to hold you when you are, when your ego tries to rationalize and make sense of a world where you're not required to make sense? That's all I got. I love it, man. And it both makes me think about like, sometimes being in that tunnel, I, I would uh, imagine, I feel like I've been in that tunnel at times. Uh, maybe I'm still in that tunnel. I think I still am. But it can be, it's like the middle of a marathon where you're in the middle of the tunnel. You can still see the light of the tunnel. Then you're looking behind, you can still see kind of the light at the beginning of the tunnel. And you can get really down and you're just like, damn, like I've been in this tunnel a long time. It's dark. It's damp. Like how long do I need to be pulling this mm. rope? to get to the light at the end of the tunnel. And especially as guys, it feels like I won't be, I'm not going to be happy until I get to the end of the tunnel. So how do you go about still being satisfied when you're doing the work, even when the work is dark and you have to, it's scary and you have to be facing all that shit that you've got deep inside that you got to heal. Yeah. The, the healing part is, is, is great. And I love the fact that you contextualize it with the concept. I've been in this tunnel for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. I was having a conversation with my coach the other day. Um, by the way, all of the greatest coaches in the world have coaches, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I was in the conversation with my coach the other day. I'm saying this to any coach who has a, who's stepping into coaching and is realizing, asking themselves why they're not leveling up or why they're, what the, why they're running into roadblocks or whatever like that. I'm offering this for, for, the, for you as well. I was one of those people, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, um, but as I, you know, having a conversation with him and we were talking about, it, he said, all realities exist in the, a quantum field simultaneously. For the people who use logic and ration, let me give you a little more more uh, uh, practical example. Um, so many people are, are you familiar with like um, a thousand true fans? No. Okay. So a thousand true fans is the concept that um, the, so Kevin Kelly, the guy who created Wired Magazine, mm-hmm. 
uh, Ryan Anderson, I think is his partner's name. So Kevin, Ryan Anderson created something called the long tail, right? The long tail is like, is, is basically like a hockey stick on its side. So it's like this. Yep. So the, the, this part is all major successes, big brands, stuff like that. Yeah. And the long tail are the infinite niches. Infinite. Right. Infinite niches. So like meaning like you could like you could you could be like, hey, look, I'm a coach for white people with red hair. Right. That's an infinite niche. You know what I'm right. saying? That's one of the niches in the infinite possibility of niches. Right. Right. Infinite. So, you know, I could be like, I'm, you know, I'm I'm coaching black guys with bald heads. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. it's like that kind of thing. So infinite niches. And so with Ryan, so Ryan Anderson created the long tail. Kevin Kelly, his partner, I'm not sure if they, what their relationship is now, he created the idea of a thousand true fans. So a thousand true fans is a thousand people in your niche who will pay you a hundred dollars a year. So basically a thousand people paying you a hundred dollars a year. So so you create a hundred thousand true fans who are people who will pay you a hundred dollars a year. That's a hundred thousand dollars. That's a pretty good existence on the planet. You know, at least a baseline, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, so so that's the idea. So, in the in the conversation around, um, you know, like the 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 realities existing simultaneously, all all realities existing simultaneously in the quantum field, is that in I can that the the seven figure version of me, the six figure version of me, which now exists, scaling to seven figure version of me right? The eight figure version of me, the nine figure version of me, all those exist simultaneously. Mm-hmm. They all exist right now. Mm-hmm. Not, so it's not linear. It's not, again, that's the reason I said, it's not that I become this person at the end of the tunnel. It's really more of a, it's a lateral move as opposed to moving further ahead. So then the mm-hmm. question is, is like, what does it take for me to step into the person next, the, the new possibility next to me? Right. I'll give you it. So like, so what it takes to, to step into that person, the person who is next to me is the, is the belief that I can be the seven figure version of me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm not, I haven't hit seven figures yet. This should, next year I will, but I haven't hit seven figures yet, but I will. Right. Mm-hmm. So the idea is, is that what's the seven figure version of me asking from me right now? And do I have the patience, the wherewithal and the support and the, and the, you know, the, to be able to step into this. So, so that's, so then this starts with the question, who do I need to be, to be the seven figure version of me right now? Right. Did that, did that answer your question? Yeah. And so the, I mean, I guess the, the, the analogy of a tunnel though, of course, makes me think <clears throat> linearly and yet right. it doesn't have to be, you, you could, depending on your experience could be quote unquote at the end of the tunnel almost simultaneously from picking up the rope. There's not, it's not yes. necessarily a, right. So, yeah. and it re- reminds me of what I learned at Dr. Joe Dispenza, you know, two weeks ago, his, you know, in terms of like the, the simultaneous, like infinite realms of mm-hmm. possibility that we have in the quantum right here and now. And for a lot of people, this might be like, wait, what? <laughs> this, this whole, this whole <laughs> right. conversation went uh, another direction. However, mm-hmm. it's true in the sense that like you could, if you decided you wanted to be a writer, you could say right now in this moment, I'm not, I'm now a writer. I am right? now a writer. Yep. There are certain things that obviously that I think in this human experience take time. 
you know, to become six figure, seven figure, eight figure, nine figure, that takes time potentially. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but then there's other things in terms of ways of being, I think that you're talking about where you can, you can create that right now. You can be a, a trustworthy man of integrity right now. Absolutely. So let's, so let's talk about the writer example, mm -hmm. right? If you say, I want to be a writer, right? I can be a writer right now. Right. So that, that is not, that is not dependent on any, I can literally step into that reality right now. It exists right now. Mm -hmm. Now, um, at the same time, I'm, you know, can I step into being a, uh, you know, can I step into having a best-selling book right now in this very moment? Uh, no, not as, no, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, because I don't have a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, I don't have a book. You gotta do the work, right? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do the, the, I have to expend that effort to create that, to create that product. Mm -hmm. But I could step into the writer right now, right? And so then, so I can step into that being, step into becoming and being that human being in this moment. And then the question is, is am I up to playing? What are the short-term things that I need to create the lifestyle that I want in this moment? And then what's the vision that I want to create as well, right? And to me, that's really what, um, you know, re really what it takes to go all in um, is a vision. Like it takes a vision. It takes visibility. It takes integrity. It takes stakes. You got to have stakes, skin in the game, mm -hmm. right? It takes intention. It takes ownership and it takes necessity. It takes the vision, right? Like if, if you are doing this in isolation, which many people are, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're, they're like, I want to be a writer in their own head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. right. In their own head. Like, I want to be a writer, <clears throat> but you have not visibly made a proclamation that you are stepping into the process of being a writer, how would you ever see, give, receive the support that you needed to be a writer? Mm -hmm. How is that possible? Mm -hmm. If you are not in a man of integrity, if you have not trained your integrity, meaning honoring one's word, right, meaning that two things, that you keep your word when you issue it, and in the event that you are human, which we all are, that, you, that in the event that you don't keep your word, you are accountable to the fact that you did not keep your word accountability becomes one of the most valuable metrics in the process of creating the man that you want to become. Mm -hmm. Because here's what happens. 90% of businesses fail, right? Everybody goes, I'm going to do this business. I'm going to do, I'm going to make a lot of money and I'm going to be successful. And then I'm going to come out and it's going to be this big party and a parade and all this other kind of shit like that. Mm -hmm. But then when shit doesn't go to plan, they hide and they run and then they, and then they are not accountable to the people who were investors and stakeholders in their lives. Mm -hmm. And what they don't realize is that when you make a, when you make a promise, when you show up with the same intensity at which you asked for the request, Meaning, look, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. I need your investment of your time, your energy, your money, your resources. This is what I need, right? And you issued your word. And then it doesn't go to plan. And you're like, oh, my God, this thing, things didn't work out the way that I... No, you come back with the same level of intensity. Yeah. I come back with the same level of intensity. I don't ever decrease my energetic output when I come back and show up when things did not go to plan. Mm. I show the fuck up. 100%. Right. Right. So integrity in that way. Right. So it takes stakes. You have to invest in this process of becoming the person that you want to be. Right. It takes stakes. 
It takes intentionality. I have to do it on purpose, not on accident. I have to un- ownership. I have to understand what radical responsibility is without shame and guilting myself. Right. right. And then I have to understand necessity. And this is the last thing I'll talk about in this context is that we have been programmed to not like to, to demean the term need. Mm-hmm. I love need. Mm-hmm. I love it. Have you ever heard the phrase necessity is the mother of invention? Yeah. You bet. Yeah. So have you ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Of needs, you bet. For sure. So have I, Mm. right? And so as we step into the idea of need, what a lot of people see need is they see need as the the things that you need to survive. They see it as survival, right? Desperation. You don't need it because you don't want to, you say you don't want to be desperate. And I get that, right? That exists. But I see need from the perspective of inspiration. Mm -hmm. If I am, if, if the lifestyle that I want to create includes a $20 million jet, Johnny, what do I need? I need 20 fucking million dollars. Mm-hmm. If I am making a cake, what do I need? I need eggs, a bowl, flour. What, what do you need? Mm-hmm. It is the essential elements necessary to create the desired outcome. It is the ingredients. So what, what you want, what you want to cook up, which life you want to make. Look, I want to make a cake and I want a $20 million jet. Let's go straight up. And that's the thing that we get to need. We get to use need from inspiration because a lot of people want it, but they don't really need it. It's not essential. It's essential for me. I feel like it takes courage to need I think I, I wonder, I wonder what your thoughts are. Is it because people are scared to need something and then to fail in getting it? So mm-hmm. why is it? I mean, cause I, I feel like we, we all want uh, limitless things because as we pursue one thing <laughs> and we achieve it, then there's always something else that we want. Right. Sure. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of ingrained in us that we're just always, you know, in pursuit of needing things. You know, but mm-hmm. then there's also those people who have kind of gone emotionally flatlined to where they're not even showing up at all in their life. And they're not even acknowledging that they need love or they need, you know, something else in their lives or, or they confuse neediness with needing. Right. Um, and so I guess the question is, you know, I, I guess at one point, do, do you have to go, I mean, I guess it's to your point, all in is the necessity of, of what's needed to need things and to pursue them. Does that make sense? Sure, sure, for sure. And, I, and I, one of the things that you just said that really struck me is about people who emotionally flatline. Mm-hmm. Um, go, <laughs> some, I think a lot of people confuse the idea of going all in and they go going all in with jumping in. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, right. They go, right. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to just... Yeah. I'm going to just do this thing yeah. without any preconditions. <laughs> Quit my job and yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Whatever, right. What are the, what's the, in, in you know, um, at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, he talks about physical needs. Like those are the things that you need, like food, water, shelter, clothing, all that kind of stuff. But see, I grew up in D.C., my mom used to send me to the corner store 
to get food. And when I used to go to the corner store, you know, like there, if you ever been to in the, in the inner city at a corner store, you know that there are fucking humans in front of that shit who are drug dealers and all types of stuff up to no good. People call them bullies. These these were career felons, and <laughs> you know, yeah, right. Um, and so it was very scary going to the store sometimes. I would actually walk around the block to avoid them because it was so scary, you know, to, to confront them. So I would not go to the store to get the food sometimes, or I'd walk a long way away from them to get the food. At the bottom, I have Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's food, water, shelter, and clothing. But I don't think that that's the primary need that we need. <laughs> Because if because if I if there is a if there is a lion in front of my cave, I'm not exiting the cave to go hunt for food or build a house. Like you know, what I'm saying like I'm not going out to hunt if if I am not in an environment that is safe. Mm-hmm. If someone has a gun to my head, I'm not going and asking like looking for a burger and fries. Right. You know. Right. Like our primary need is safety. Mm-hmm. And so as you talk about the idea of emotionally flatlining, the thing that most men as my experience of working with men who are at varying degrees of their professional lives is um is that we are trying to like some people are still evading physical injury like we're there's two types of injuries that we are seeking primarily to avoid either consciously or subconsciously it is physical injury mm-hmm. and emotional injury mm-hmm. or the perception of emotional injury the perception of failure and what it means to us. And so what many of us have not done is cultivate an environment where we are emotionally safe. And the reason that we are not emotionally safe is because we do not understand the emotions that we are experiencing. And so what we have done is we have cultivated, we have then trained our evolved brains to use intellect and all of these different things to cover the fact that we are at a baseline emotional beings. And so that flat line, that emotional flat line is a cover. Apathy is a cover. Numbness is a cover. It means that you don't feel emotionally safe to at least create a baseline assessment for the things that you need in any environment. You need a go bag, right? It's your go bag. Before you go into battle, this is your go bag. I need this and this and this. Are you brave enough or courageous enough to ask for it? Right? Am I brave enough or courageous enough to ask for the things that I need to cultivate an environment of safety for myself to then enter the tunnel? Right? What do I need prior to entering the tunnel? What do I need in the tunnel? And then what am I looking to achieve as a result of going into the tunnel? Like these, like we, that's what it takes to go all in, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But that emotional aspect of it is the baseline of our existence, you know? And the guys, a lot of guys go, oh, well, you know, you got logical guys and you got emotional guys. I'm like, look, man, we're all emotional. Are you kidding? Yeah. We all have emotions. It's just that we, you know, there's a distinction between emotions and feelings. And we, you know, and the distinction between emotions and feelings, I think, is one of the things that a lot of people don't understand, per se. Mm -hmm. Why don't you elaborate on the on the two, since I'm sure there's people listening that are curious. Sure. So emotions, you know, real simple breakdown is emotion being the chemical response. Mm-hmm. We have a we have an a, we have an environmental experience or a perceived environmental experience, right? Internal, external experience of the world. It triggers up a chemical response in our body, cortisol, dopamine, all that. That brings up and then it comes out as an emotion. Anger, pain, joy, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Any of those emotions. 
seven primary emotions. So, so the emotion is, is, uh, is, is, is inspired by the chemical response. The feeling is the narrative attached to the emotion. So then I go, oh, I, you know, I'm angry. All right, I feel angry. And then what does angry mean? Well, ang I'm angry because I feel like this, 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 and this, and this. I feel like, you know, I feel like you did this. I feel like, you know, this, you know, that was wrong. I feel like this was occurred. I feel like that. I feel like the narrative associated with the emotion. And so what we get to do is we get to recreate the emotion, the, the feeling, right? We get to re-identify different triggers, the trigger for the emotion so that you can understand emotions as they come and then shift out of the emotion into a state of awareness. And then on top of that, we get to, uh, to create a new meaning for the emotion so that, the emo so that I, am, I am angry does not mean that I am violent. That's a new meaning. I am joyful or uh, you know, I am joyful does not mean that I am soft, right? I am, uh, you know, I am in pain, which does not mean that I must stop I had a client, <laughs> I had a client hit me up the other day. I got his protocol called 2190. He was like, you know, I just, you know, my, you know, I just messed up my calf. You know, I just messed up my calf. He was doing the fire starter workout, messed up my calf. And I was like, how do you feel? He was like, oh, it hurts. It's like, what are you doing to heal? Like to heal it, to take care of it. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, okay. Um, how is that affecting, you know, your, your progress from this point moving forward? And um, he's like, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, work out today. I was like, you, why? What is your, what does your calf injury have to do with you stopping? Mm -hmm. One of the most profound questions I've ever been asked by a friend of mine who trains bodybuilders, he said, I was getting into shape and he said, um, what, what are you going to do when you get injured? What do you, I said, what do you mean injured? I don't want to get injured. He said, yeah, I know you don't want to get injured. He said, but what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> right. Right. What are you going to do when you get injured? And I said, and I thought about it and I was like, oh, I was like, because what happens is, is when I get injured, then I'm using that as a reason to stop doing anything. Are your arms moving? Like, are you, are you, like, can you, can you, can you do 30 reps with your fucking lips and mouth, like your head yeah. nod? And what, yeah. can, what can you do? <laughs> right, right. So, you know, that was part of it. But. It reminds me of, uh, cause I, I just finished Relentless and, you know, he talks a lot about the, the work ethic of Kobe and MJ and Dwayne and, um, and a lot of the injuries that those guys went through in their careers, you know, yeah. and he kind of talks about the, the, the cleaner versus the closer as he has these different, you know, meanings to these kind of frames of mind, if you will. And he talks about the, the cleaner being, you know, the Michaels and the, and the Kobe's where they got injured and yet they were, like you said, they were right back in there. They were doing whatever they could to fix their knee or to, to work through the pain. Like that wasn't stopping was never an option for them. You know, and I think about that too. And there's been plenty of times where I, like you said, I, I experience pain and yet I feel like I don't want to work out anymore, mm. you know, or mm -hmm. I feel like I need to give this time to heal when really I'm just scared 
you know, mm-hmm. of the pain or I'm scared to make things worse. Yeah. To make things when, worse. Yeah. When reality, I think you're absolutely right. It's like, well, you twisted your ankle, but what keeps you from doing a core or an upper body workout? Like, Boom. Boom. Know, right. Boom. And, so, and <laughs> I want to just drill on that. Uh, like Johnny, like this. So there are people that are listening right now mm-hmm. who have, who have uh, gotten injured, been like, I'm not, you know, I'm going to go back on it and then re-injured themselves and then continued. And they're like, I've been through it. <laughs> I've been through this. You know, I've been, I've injured myself. I know what it's like to go through pain and I hurt myself even more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, what I, so, yeah, so what I'm saying in this moment is, is that, is that we are dynamic beings. We are dynamic when you injure your knee, that does not mean that you need to continue jumping on one leg, right? We are dynamic beings. We get to, we get to proceed because I will tell you this is that if, if, if when the environment, when the motivation, when the motivation sets in, because, because, because what happens is that the, the idea of going into working out or getting in the best shape of your life or something like that, it's like, when it's this, when it's this self-motivated or just like driven by ego or all that kind of stuff, you know, it's like, oh yeah, whatever, I, you know, I'll get injured and I'll stop. But if you were in pursuit of something great, if I was doing this because my, because my son needed this, I hope you feel how different my energy is even in conversation with you. Like just the idea of it in my head, when it inches me, I'm on. I, I, perfect example, client of mine came and said, you know, I got 50 pounds to lose weight. He runs a hundred million dollar company. He was like, yo, um, you know, so it's like, you know, we set, a, we set an objective at the end and experience. Uh, so at the end of this, you know, period, um, you know, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to jump out of a plane. Johnny, I'm scared of heights. Right. I don't even walk next to the railing in malls, seriously. But as soon as he told me that he, he need, needed my help to, to help with him to get to this point where he would be ready to do it, to, 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 to lose that weight, I, was, I immediately said yes. I said, book the flight, let's go. I'm jumping out of a plane. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, is that I'm driven by something greater. What are you driven by? What is driving you? It has to be something greater, greater than just this 3D realm. Something internally that, that wants you to step into a new possibility. I want to talk about that just for a second, because I do feel like that comes up in conversation, has a fair amount in the last couple of years with, with working with men as well here in Denver. It's like, man, I don't, I don't even have a, I don't have a vision because I don't have a vision. I don't even really. I hate setting goals. You know, there's just a lot of resistance to moving, moving, you know, life forward. And yet they do know, like I said, they, they're just very clear that what's, what they're doing is not working. Right. But they're kind of stuck because they're like, I don't even know how to be, how to proceed. And yet I also am not happy with where I'm at. Um, first question is, do you meet men like that? I kind of know the question to that question, to that, uh, the answer to that question. But then what do you do when you do meet men like that, who are just, struggling to come up with that vision after you mentioned how important that vision really is to pushing forward, pushing through that tunnel. You know, I, that, that's the question that resonates the deepest within me, you know, because sometimes the, you know, um, 
the emotions are so deeply buried, we don't even realize that it's created this invisible wall. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I call the invisible wall, it's just a wall made of, you know, bricks of little broken promises that we made to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's just broken promise after broken, like not stepping into your full potential that you said that you wanted to is a broken promise. Mm-hmm. And suppressing it and then rationalizing it. I'm injured emotionally or physically. So I don't want to step back into that because if I set another goal and fail, it's going to cause you know me more pain and everything like that. And so we just suppress and we suppress and we suppress. Mm-hmm. And then we redirect our control in other ways, alcohol, porn, you know, violence against our women or kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we redirect the pain because we're seeking control in other areas of our lives because we haven't sought control in ourselves. Um, you know, at a baseline level, um, we have to assess the emotions that we are experiencing. Prior to that, what my job is to do is to create an environment of safety, especially for men who, you know, who have experienced that. But we have to create and identify an environment where we can feel safe mm-hmm. and then set a baseline for the emotions that we are experiencing in the process of moving towards this objective. So we got to set a, a real, but you got to get honest. You know, you got to get honest with yourself. And so that on like the continuing to lie to yourself because you're just smarter than a dumb motherfucker, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. smart as dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm so smart and, and, and in pain and dumb as a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like, <laughs> like you got to get honest with yourself at a baseline level. Like, yo, like, this is really what I'm experiencing right now. I feel this and it's just real and it, and it comes through and it's real authentic and it's real present and, and it pierces, you know, I was Johnny, I was, uh, I can feel it like it was yesterday when that man asked me to not, you know, to stop saying my name. I, I was, I, I, dude, I was, I was angry. I was angry at him. So I was really angry at myself. Right. I was, I was just sad. I was in grief. I was in a deep state of grief and I was so afraid to explore any other possibility because I was just like, this is going to be my life for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then you got, and then you got somebody knocking on the door and it's just like, yo, like, I think there's more. Like, I think there's a new possibility for you. I, I think there's more. So what at a, so basically at a baseline level, you, ha- you have to come to grips with what we are experiencing emotionally, right? A lot of people default to strategies, tactics, processes because of the logical, rational mind, the evolved mind, right? That we have evolved from cavemen to this being. So we go, oh, I just need t- tactic, strategy, process, right? You need a baseline. You need to establish your baseline. It's a, it's a, it's like, for instance, when you enter into any environment to invest into, in, you know, an investment environment, they ask you, what's your risk tolerance? Mm-hmm. That's really a question about emotion. Right. 100%. You know, it's like, what, what do you, what do you, what are you able to do? What do you feel that you're capable of doing? So it's about establishing your risk tolerance in that moment, in this environment. 
what's my tolerance of risk? Well, I'm not, I'm not available to, to set goals because I previously risked setting goals and I failed and emotionally it's destroyed me and it's caused this devastation or I feel like it's caused a devastation in my life. So I'm not willing to step back into that environment because I don't feel emotionally safe. Yeah. So I would say set a baseline first. Set the baseline. And you mentioned the, the grieving part, mm. you know, and I feel like I've been there too, where <clears throat> for me, at least I experienced, it's like the grieving of feeling like the, the man that I wanted to become or had, had this whisper in my ear that, you know, you have, you, you can become this. I was grieving the death of that person. Mm. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's more like, no, you have to, you have to look at what part of you really needs to die so that you could step into living your life, you know? And that kind of sound like you, you had that moment. I feel like I've had that moment where it's like, yeah, I talk about writing the story of your life. <laughs> I, I literally looked at it like, okay, if, if this is my, my baseline, if this is my rock bottom, <laughs> then, and I, if I'm writing my autobiography in this moment, if my kids or my great grandkids or grandchildren, or whatever, were all reading my autobiography, wouldn't this be a great time <laughs> that the music changes, you know, and I pick myself up off the ground and I, and I dry my tears and I stop being a victim and playing below the line. And I start to say, all right, this is, this is the, the catalyst to, to growth. And I let that old person die. Yeah. And I stop grieving, you know, what I'm not doing, but I start grieving, <clears throat> no, I don't need to start grieving, but I just allow that old small version of me that's playing a small game in life to die and just start taking the first steps. Yeah. So in, t- in taking those first steps, you're talking about just creating that, that baseline. What does that look like? I mean, wh- when you're working with a client, what's, what's setting that baseline for them to say, okay, draw the line in the sand. Enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. How do I create that baseline so I can build that platform to, to kind of grow off of emotionally and, financially and relationally everything else yeah for sure um emotional baseline is a is is really important um so how do i currently feel about my physical health Mm. right using a you know the uh, you know there's a couple different emotional charts there's a book called power versus force and um you know it identifies the the, the state, the emotional state of, um, of where we're, of, of the, actually it measures the energetic wattage of emotions, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. right? And the two lowest frequency emotions are shame and guilt, hmm. right? And so in that, in the context of that emotional baseline, this is how I feel about my finances at the present moment. Right? This is how I feel about, you know, where I'm at in my career like feel, like using emotions as a primary emotion, secondary emotion, and then what it's leading to in terms of the, the your actual output, like what you are creating in the world. Setting that as a, based on emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into the idea of setting any level of goals or anything like that, that's not a, that's much further down the line. But then, then we have a conversation about, well, values. That's the thing that I think gets to be, you know, there's a there's an intellectual conversation occurring in the in the collective consciousness that is about values, meaning like, oh well, like, you know, I would like I would like to have a society that's more 
you know, that, uh, you know, lives by more values. Subsequently, I, I don't think that there are a lot of people who actually even understand their own values or what they deem to be valuable, right? So then we get to live by leadership characteristics. So this is a step into leader, identifying your leadership characteristics, the values that you wanna live by. Right? On Facebook, I post a picture of my watch every day because one of the values is to be consistent. Consistency is a value of mine. Um, being accountable is a value of mine. Integrity, honoring my word and showing up, yep. right? being visible, ownership, vision. Dude, that's in the set. All the six of those, val those are values that I live by. Mm -hmm. Visibility, integrity, putting in stakes, like, like actually investment in myself, intentionality, right? Ownership and necessity. Like actually stepping in, so I'm living in those. And so what I get to do is I get to show up with incremental progress every single day. So what are the incremental steps that I get to take to build confidence, mm -hmm. Latin with trust, trust in self? How do I build trust in myself? Incremental progress towards these, to, towards living into these values first. So now I get to set those as a baseline. And so after we set those as a baseline, then we question whether or not you have been living in those values and what the exploration is around those values. Mm -hmm. Because, <clears throat> because the reason that you are, that you have, <laughs> you know, like, like it's, um, it's amazing to have a conversation. You know, I, I got a client who just launched a million dollar program last week. And it's like, and, and it's like, because, because there was so much previously shame and guilt around previous explorations. It was around the shame and the guilt of, of what, was, what was occurring in other business ventures or who, who that, per, you know, the, 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 the vision of, of who he saw, saw himself to be. But then there was a new possibility. It was like, well, what if this is who you could become? You know? And yeah, there's business tactics and strategies involved in my work. But before we get into that, man, we got to set this baseline first. Yeah. You know, you got to establish that. I wanted to speak to one other thing that I thought was really important. You spoke about being a victim. Yeah. Um, and I am, I operate from this space of, I'm not offering this for the audience as well. I no longer play the game of good and right, good and bad. Mm -hmm. I no longer play the game of um, right and wrong. I do play the game of effective or ineffective. Because when I talk about, is it effective or is it ineffective? It then then plants a seed of, well, is it effectively leading me towards my desired outcome? Mm -hmm. The whole purpose of coaching and personal development, they go, oh yeah, you know, it's to make you a better person and all. It's to get you what you want, right? sucker. It's to get you what you want. It's not, this is not, this is not an, a, 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 a loft, you know, like this fluffy thing. Yeah, right. It's to get what you want. Like, what do you want? And based on what you can see right now, and then what's a new possibility that you could never have seen? That's why people talk about accountability groups. And like accountability group, they go, oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna keep you accountable to the thing that you said you were gonna do based on the lens through which you, you saw the world previously. Mm -hmm. But high level thought goes, well, why, is, why do you wanna do that? <laughs> mm -hmm. like, why is that the thing that you wanna hold yourself accountable to doing? 
Right. What is what is that going to be able to produce for you? Is that going to get you to it? Like, is that is it, what is that? You're like, yeah, you can do it, sure. sure. <laughs> but is that going to get you to where you want to go? And many people play the game of victim, villain, or savior. And um, that's the trifecta: victim, villain, savior. I did used to do it with my father, and the way I, I see it is like, okay, well, my father left me left when I was seven. In my mind. I had to turn him into the savior. Because what I said is, if my father was around, he would have taught me how to fight, how to be a man, how to do all these things, right? He would have taught me, he would have taught me jujitsu. He would have been like, taught me like how to fly through the universe and do all this great, like he would have taught me everything. Yeah. So he was the hero in my mind. Because he is not there, I turned him into the villain. So now it's like, oh, he's the villain. Right. So now he's not here. So he's the villain. And I carried the anger and the hostility and the frustration and all that other stuff with me throughout the whole, my whole life. I was like angry. My dad, he's not here. He would have taught me how to protect myself. He wasn't here to tell me how to protect myself. And then, excuse me. I, yeah, I turned him to the, <clears throat> so I made him the hero. I turned him into the, the villain. And then I became the victim. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's the, he's the savior. I'm the, I'm the, you know, he's the savior and the villain yeah. and then I'll become the victim. Yeah. Right. And so what many people talk about is like, you know, victim mentality. I don't, and inherently I don't really see as a problem with any of those things. It's just an awareness. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, I'm not getting into the game of it's bad to be a victim. It's bad to be this. It's bad to be, I'm like, look, dude, it's an awareness. Like mm-hmm. you, you're, are you aware that right now you are operating as a victim in your own life? And the idea is to not shame or guilt the person who is operating in that space, because if you tra- if you give them shame and guilt, you trap them in that prism. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to be the victim and you don't want to be the villain and you don't want to be the savior, then what do you want to be? S O V E R E I G N sovereign. Sovereign. Mm-hmm. Self-regulating. The ability to govern oneself or state. So it, the idea is like it's people. A lot of people, you know, talk about like, well, I don't want to be the victim, and so I don't pursue the idea of not being anything. Mm-hmm. What do you want to be? I want to be yeah. sovereign. Right. I want to be sovereign. I want to be self-governing, and I want this to be the energy that I that I give in every aspect of what it is that I do in my relationship and my physical health and my, yep. all that kind of like this is this is the human being that I want to be mm-hmm. and men being that way I feel like is what's going to change <laughs> the world in a lot of different ways you know in, in terms of how we show up for our spouses our loved ones our children the way that we lead 100% will, will change <laughs> have a ripple effect in the rest of time because I feel like that's not been the case. I feel like uh, with with a lot of past generations who were just doing the best they could with what they had. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. man, I love. And that's it. all like, my dad would have done. That's all my yeah. dad would have done. Yeah. He would. The only thing he would have done was be exactly who he is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the and the play the time I changed my I became sovereign and realized in that moment you are absolutely spot on. You are speaking the gospel. It is Tuesday. I feel like I'm in church, but you are, that's for real. You just, you, you preach it. Cause I was like, the moment I could look in my father's eyes and look at him and see the little boy in him, mm-hmm. 
and love the little boy in him and realize that the little boy in him didn't get the tools the same way I've been given the tools. And sometimes it's the tools skip a generation. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they skip a generation. So be it. Makes me think of uh, when I had that experience with my father. That's what it changed for me, too. When he <clears throat> when he came out and told me that he was gay, uh, mm-hmm. he mentioned his, you know, abuse when he was nine, ten year old boy. Just made me really like, damn. Like, I feel like I struggle because I, I had my <laughs> victim story, if you will, or made my dad out to be the villain because he wasn't around much, man. Like, just to see him as that little 10-year-old boy and to love and have compassion for him was what changed my relationship with him. It allowed me to have mm-hmm. so much more empathy so that we could begin anew and uh, just love each other as men versus as a father-son, you know? Yeah. And I yeah. feel like that's uh, – that's a big part of the healing process for me too. So that I, I give that high praise, like you said, to be able to have that ability to, to see our fathers or anyone else uh, that maybe has broken their word or ha- broken agreements with, with us, even unsaid agreements that, that they are sometimes little children in grown up bodies attempting to do the best they can with, the trauma that they've experienced, man, it's like gives gives me so much more room in my heart to to love them with where they're at and to support them versus put even more shame and guilt on them for how they didn't show up according to my my expectations or my desires of how I wished it had been, you know, versus just accepting how it how it is. So thank you, brother. Uh we could certainly keep chatting for a long time. But um I just want to be mindful of your time and, and uh, just want to thank you and honor you. Cause I think everything you said speaks truth to my heart. And I know it's going to speak truth to everyone who listens, men or woman. So that said, what, what does 2021 look like since we're on the verge of that for, for you and life and love and business and what are you excited about? I am excited about, moving into a deeper state of listening. Mm-hmm. You know, the moment my life changes, I was, I was building a speaking career, but when I stopped speaking and started listening, uh, that's when everything changed. Mm-hmm. Listening to my intuition, listening to other people, other humans, you know, listening to what was said and what isn't said like listening is what I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. I think that 2000, I think 2021 is a year of listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I'll let that, <clears throat> there are, there's, there's business growth. There's, you know, expanding programs. You know, I told you, you know, we're launching this program called 2190. Um, but, uh, you know, 2190 is you know, the idea. It takes 21 days to, break a habit takes 90 days to create a lifestyle Mm -hmm. it's a powerful program of breaking the habit of becoming yourself Mm -hmm. um but um but listening dude just listening Mm -hmm. and then just letting the listening uh intuitively listening to the universe listening to what's coming through me Mm -hmm. and just letting that lead the way i love it 
I love it. How can people get in, involved and, and connect with you and learn more about 2190 and the all-in method, everything else having to do with Sandika the Firestarter? Um, go to theallinmethod.com. Theallinmethod.com. Theallinmethod.com or hit me on Facebook. I'm primarily on Facebook. You know, we have yeah. stuff on social media, but you know, Johnny, I am in, uh, in deep reverence of men who are a stand for the greatness of other men. Mm-hmm. And I am, you know, I really appreciate you creating the environment for this dialogue. You know, it is a, it's not a, it's not an accident that the conversation flows the way that it does. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you just creating the space for us to riff. Yeah, absolutely. And there's already, <laughs> You know what I'm going to do right now is hang up with you and then go back and rewatch this because there's so many things that I wish I were taking notes, but I felt like I'd be, uh, you know, disrespectful if I was sitting here like taking notes as you're saying this, but so much value in this. And I, I appreciate you just taking the time to, to give your gift and thank God that you decided to take that path less traveled when you were looking at the fork in the road and, and head down, uh, you know, in pursuit of, or, or just becoming or having decided to become that man right here, right now, uh, of man that you're proud of and that is in integrity with his word, because I feel like that's, that's what the, the world needs, especially now uh, more than any other time. So I appreciate you too, man, for just how you show up and how you represent yourself and how you speak truth into the, into the world, into the universe. That's, Man, we need more more men like you. So I'm just grateful to to know you and to have this time to to record this because I think it's going to be a gift that just keeps we put out on the internet, but it's just going to keep showering on people. The more they listen, the more they tune into this. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Much love, brother. Much love yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So if you if you've enjoyed this and and uh, resonate with the fire starter himself, Sanika Street, man, go go connect with him on Facebook, uh, on Instagram. Uh, on his websites, um, man, just get involved. And if you're feeling like you're alone and you're struggling to, to know what it is to, whatever it is to, to take your life to the next level, you know, here's someone who's a great example of someone who's been there and is going to take you by the hand and, and just allow you to take one step at a time to, to break through into the life that you're really destined to, to enjoy. So brother Sanika, thank you so much. Appreciate your time, man. Thank you, Brother Johnny. Absolutely. All right. And I want to thank you so much for listening to The Johnny King Show. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback, and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at johnnyking, facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing, and we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.